Inspiration Adventist Reflections. Now, to discuss character building ideas, here is your host, Dr. Denzi. Hi family, welcome back to the Adventist Reflections Podcast. We are uh, going to be speaking today about Daniel 11. You probably expected that. But um, I think it will be a good time to stop again and reflect on those people who are going through a tough time. I think we all are going through a certain time of, for some people, uncertainty in the sense of what's happening around the world where you see it. Yet we have the hope in Christ and we have the hope as Christians that uh, this too shall pass. But today, to go back to Daniel and to study and reflect on Daniel 11, we have again Pastor Zeni Vidachak. And Zeni, how are you going today? Yes, uh, Daniel, uh, uh, very busy actually. I've been, this week I've been really, really, really busy. I had uh, quite a few actually sleepless nights, but not in a bad way. Wow. Uh, wow. I would I would wake up and think about things that I need to do now for church in mm. in adapting the ministry to this new new reality and mm. uh, and uh, it's 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 been good but uh yeah. uh I've uh, yeah I, I had a good sleep last night finally. Oh, but, praise uh, God. But yeah, so it's it's been a kind of a crazy week. I can Last only week. imagine. Uh, yeah. So yeah. many challenges with the new digital churching, I guess, uh, around uh, the world. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. Wow. We have to adapt and uh, uh, hopefully, God willing, and uh, it's, we, we will be able to connect to church in a, in a significant way that will, you know, meet meet the specially spiritual needs of our people so absolutely it's it's not easy but uh we are slowly getting there yeah and i can only imagine you do have one of the big churches in brisbane in australia so well, that's uh, right. you yes. do have to cater for a lot of people and some people who might not be connecting as other people to this digital arena might not even have internet available at their places exactly so this is challenge we have put we have put three goals before ourselves. Number one is to connect. Mm. So we are doing everything possible to connect um, with everyone we can within our church. Right. Um, and uh, and then another one is to care and to care especially for the seniors of our church. Mm. Yeah. And number three to communicate. So we are we have put specific goals uh, and uh, we are. Slowly but surely, we are we are getting there. Uh, mm. But yeah, it's mm. exciting at the same time as challenging. Uh, it's tough. I know of a number of people who have lost their cho- jobs. Oh wow! And it's really tough, tough on them. Absolutely. And this may not be the end. So the, our prayers are especially, especially with them, yeah. as they might be facing really difficult and challenging times. You yeah. see? Yeah, I agree with that. It's. It is challenging, and we'll uh, indeed continue to pray for everyone around and support the people that we can, that is in our reach, in the ways that we can, that it's still safe to do so. Okay, okay, so Zeni, coming back to the book of Daniel, we have spoken of Daniel 10. You share with us what happened back then. 
it's it was an introduction to Daniel 10 to really what will happen in Daniel 11 and as the angel continues to show Daniel things I'm not sure he understood everything I think he didn't uh, and and this vision will continue even after Daniel chapter 12 it seems but now we are in 11 can you tell us what's going on here can you share with us some Look, insights uh, yes um well it's, it's almost an understatement to say that Daniel 11 is one of the uh, most difficult books of the Bible to understand. Yeah. And, uh, and so it is true. But uh, I think only, only serious students of the Bible and serious students of the book of Daniel and, and Revelation, I would say, uh, can be really blessed by the book. Mm. So you, you, we may really uh, leave at this point the faint-hearted, if you will, <laughs> behind us. But um, at the same time, I, I'm reminded of what Gabriel would say to Daniel. Daniel, I want you to understand. So there should be an effort on our part to think and to understand because there is a blessing in understanding mm. and there is a blessing in insight. And Absolutely. there is a blessing because what we may experience, we can emotionally, emotionally, if you will, uh, have this joy and that comes through understanding that we get through the word. So, so true. And uh, so the, the, this understanding is, is, is really important and underlined by Gabriel, as I said. So let's get into it. Okay. Yeah. To understand is, is important. So Daniel 2, Daniel 7, Daniel 8, 9 and 11. All of these chapters follow the same prophetic message. And it basically goes, that prophetic message goes from the time of Daniel and all the way to the end of time. Mm. So if you will, that's a structure. Okay. That, that, that uh, within, those, within those two, uh, two realities, you have a structure and you're going to look at the structure. Okay. Um, so what we have is a succession of world kingdoms. Yes. Uh, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome. Yeah. And uh, so that's kind of that's kind of a, a, a general structure of, of, of those chapters. And it climaxes with with the uh, ushering of the kingdom of God. OK. Yes. And the structure. Now, we need to follow this one. The structure of the book determines the interpretation. So. Uh, if that simple principle we apply to chapter 11, uh-huh. that the previous structure that was consistent in these these chapters that I mentioned, 2, 7, 8, 9, 11, they're consistent. So this structure really determines, should and must determine the interpretation. So let, let's go to chapter 2, 7, and 8. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we tackle uh, uh, 11. Right. So in chapter 2, you have Babylon, Middle Persia, Greece, Rome. And the same one you have in chapter 7, Babylon, Middle Persia, Greece, and Rome. Obviously, in chapter 2, you have the statue. In chapter 7, you have these hybrid animals. Yes. But they represent the same empires. Yes. Now, additionally... To chapter two, chapter seven, when tackling the fourth, em- fourth uh, empire, which is Rome, yeah, it um, 
it it really uh, we we find that it 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 describes uh, the empire of Rome, but more importantly, and it gives much more space to a power called Little Horn, right? Which yeah. we came to understand represents Papal Rome, sure. followed by Judgment, and then followed by God's Kingdom. Yeah. So that's what we find in chapter seven. In other words, it adds more to chapter two. But mm-hmm. it is kind of still part of the same same structure. Now, chapter eight uh, does not have Babylon as part of it because Babylon is already, it's already gone. Yeah. It's already gone. So what we have is neither Persia, Greece, and Rome. And very similarly to chapter uh, seven, we have the Roman Empire, and also we have a little horn power. And it ends up with judgment, and it ends up with the end of time. So, mm. kind of structure is, is the same. So, um, th- this, is, this is really important for us to understand, especially I give this as a background to our understanding of chapter 11, because we can only interpret it within this overall structure of the book of Daniel. Mm, within the yeah, context. Before we get into it, let me give a bit of a context. Okay, okay? yeah. yeah. So the context for chapter uh, 11 is chapter 9. Chapter 10, I meant to say, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and in chapter 9, uh, what we find is that a revelation is given to Daniel or another vision. And he says in verse 1, a, re- a revelation was given to Daniel. Its message was true and it concerned a great war. And we talked about it last time. He has, the, the understanding of the message came to him in a vision. Mm-hmm. So chapter, chapter, in chapter 10, God through, um, through Gabriel wants to, to show Daniel about this great war, Tzabal Gadol, mm-hmm. that, that will go all the way to the end of time. Mm. And as part of this war, we have, uh, we have physical wars between nations and between empires. Yes. So actually, uh, literal, literal wars. Literal wars, mm-hmm. but also what what God and Gabriel wants want to show Daniel that behind this war there is a spiritual, real, very real war. Okay. When you set aside the curtain, you see the war, spiritual war, which really affects the the physical reality of the world of us. Right, which we saw so in is, in the King of yes. Persia being. Influenced exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, and this is really can clearly be seen in verse 11. He went when when, uh, Gabriel says to Daniel, Daniel, do not be afraid since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come to respond in response to them. So God heard his prayer, but then he said something interesting, that the prince of Persia stood against him. Mm. This is Gabriel, the angel of God, 
And he says that the prince of Persia stood against him. Now, obviously, a, 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 a human agent or, or, or a person, human being, cannot really oppose an angel. But another angel, which can only be a devil's angel, can oppose God's angel. Right, right, yes. And uh, so we are, we are seeing that this is a spiritual battle, and it is a battle over human mind. So, so there is a spiritual war going on. And, and so who are the actors in this spiritual war? In, in, in chapter 10, we find that on one hand, you have Michael, who is also uh, portrayed as the son of man, who is also portrayed as the chief commander, who is also portrayed as a high priest, who is also portrayed as a glorious being. And you have Gabriel, who is in charge of angels, and, uh, and, 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 and angels. But on the other hand, you have also the prince of Persian kingdom, which is none other than Satan, a mm. devil, and you have devil's angels. So yeah. these are the contenders, these are the actors, these are, these are the goodies and baddies, if you will. Yeah. But in chapter 10, we also find that the key for victory is Michael, who is your prince. Victory is his. Mm. Mm -hmm. Amen. And also, another aspect of, of, of that victory is prayer. And we clearly saw that in chapter 10. Prayer is the key. So in Michael, who is our chief commander, who also defeated the enemy on the cross of Calvary, the victory was already won, but the battle is still real. And the prayer is to this Michael, who grants us victory, is essential. Mm. Okay. So that's, that's the content, context. So then we come to Daniel 11. And so when we come to Daniel 11, what you find from verse 1 to 2, it's talking about Persian kings. And then uh, in verse 3 and 4, it talks about Greece. Uh, uh, and the first, uh, first part of, of Greek kingdom had it by Alexander the Great in verse 3 and then divided Greece among its four generals in verse 4. It yes. is followed then by uh, what we could call uh, uh, um, uh, the, the Roman Empire in yeah. verse 4b. Mm -hmm. And then from verse 5 all the way till verse 39, you have these new introduction of these two new powers which are known as the kings, king of the north and the king of the south. So from verse 5 to verse 39, we have these powers, king of the north and king of the south. And then it ends up with the time of the end from verse 40 to 45. Now, when you look at this structure, uh, what you find is we are very familiar already with the structure, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Because even in, in chapter 8, we had Greek kingdom. Uh, we actually had uh, 
Medo-Persian kingdom, we had Greek kingdom, and we had Roman kingdom. But obviously, once we go to chapter 11, uh, once again, you have Medo-Persia or Persian kings, and then you have Greece, and then you will have Rome. But you, within Rome, you have imper uh, imperial Rome, and then you have uh, the, what we found previously, a little horn power. So basically what I'm saying, this king of the north really corresponds perfectly to a little horn power. So we are to expect that from verse 5 all the way to verse 39, it is all about this little horn power which is contending against king of the south. So the okay. little horn power is this power of the north which is contending against the king of the south. Okay. And then it basically ends up from verse 40 to 44, 45 with the time of the end. So the structure of the book, as I said, determines our understanding and interpretation. So that's why this is really important for us to, us, for us to understand. Okay. So this little horn power, as I said, is none under, uh, 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 actually, this king of the north is none other but the little horn power. It is fallen Christianity headed by papal Rome. Right. But then we ask ourselves a question, who is the king of the south mm. with whom king of the north is in contention? Yeah. The king of the south, uh, this is... Uh, this is a powerful symbolism, King of the South, because when we are when we say King of the North and King of the South, North of what and South of what? Yeah. Mm. So if you can imagine the river, <laughs> which if you can imagine, King of the North uh, historically in the Old Testament would be from geographically from Israel. Yes. So, and then King of the South would be geographically from. Uh, south from from Israel. Okay. Right. But we have already established the king of the north is Babylon and these are this this relates also to uh, re false religion. Okay? Mm -hmm. And the king of the south is to do with originally it has to do with the Egyptian pharaoh. Right. Yes. In the time of Moses and in the time of Exodus said to Moses, who is God that I will listen to him and let your people go? So these, these key powers of the South represent really secular or, or political establishment. Mm -hmm. So what we really have, because we know that uh, a little horn power is religious and political, religious entity, if you will. Yeah. And they are in contention with political establishment. So really from, from, from the 5th and 6th century AD, you have this little horn power or papal power in contention with the political establishment all the way until the end. So what you have described in chapter 11, um, we've, we, we have these actions of the king of the north and the king of the south. So what are they? They are either struggling or fighting against each other, or they are in, co in coalition or alliance with each other. 
So wow. what is happening within this period from 5th century all the way until the end, you have these struggles between, if you will, Papal Rome, who had incredible influence, and political establishment of kings, mm. on the other hand. Okay. But also, from time to time, they would come into coalition or they would come into alliance with each other. Okay? Mm. Uh, sometimes these fights and struggles are initiated by king of the north and sometimes by king of the south against okay. the king of the north. As far as alliances are concerned, uh, they are sometimes initiated by king of the north and sometimes by king of the south. So that's really, in a nutshell, and we don't have a time uh, uh, now, basically, to go verse by verse through history to see exactly when these fights historically have been happening and when this coalition or alliance was taking place between political establishment on one hand and, and paper Rome on the other, okay? But then this takes us all the way to the time of the end. And look, in verse 44 says, at the time of the end. So the question we obviously ask is, when is the time of the end? And all the way in throughout the book of Daniel, we find that the time of the end is... Um, at the time of, of the Fourth Empire, when the judgment takes place, uh, and then after judgment, when the kingdom is the kingdom of God is introduced. Okay. And we have already understood that this <clears throat> time of the end starts at the end of um, uh, when basically judgment starts. So when does it start? According to uh, the book of Daniel 8, uh, 13 and 14, and 9, 24 and 25, it starts in 8044. So, if you start basically reading from verse 44, 45 of the book of Daniel, uh, we would know that we are, uh, that, that the time of the end would begin around that time. Uh, and look what the text says. Mm -hmm. At the time of the end, the king of the south shall attack him, meaning the king of the north, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind, with chariots, horsemen, and with many ships, and he shall enter the countries, overwhelm them, and pass through them, he shall also enter the glorious land, and so or so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, so what you have, you have the attack of the king of the south, or political establishment, on on the king of the north and we know that historically this happened around uh the end of uh 1700s okay yes uh, uh beginning of 1800s we know that um there was diminishing of or uh, diminishing influence of catholicism in europe uh, which basically started around 1798 when uh, uh, General um, uh, Napoleon's General Berthier takes Pope into captivity. Mm -hmm. So the, this was uh, what the book of Reve Revelation talks about. Uh, a great wound was inflicted mm, to the on, beast. On, on, on the beast, basically. Yeah. 
And in verse 45, we find this, that the king of the, uh, the south will attack the king of the north. So we can literally say that this happened uh, around the year 1800. But then in 1929, what we find is that there was so-called a Lateran Treaty between Mussolini and Pope. Okay. And, uh, and so once again, the, 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 the prophecy was fulfilled because the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind. So we find that the influence of, of church is starting to powerfully reemerge. So now we live in a time when the church is being fully reestablished, if you will. Yeah. Um, so we really live now at this time, uh, at this very time of the end. Yes. But as we have discovered, as we have discovered in the uh, in chapter eleven, it's not that only they are that the political establishment is uh, contending against the church. There comes also a time when there is an alliance taking place between church and state. Right. So we are to expect that uh, in our time, this alliance between church and state will be also taking place. Mm. And the book of Revelation powerfully speaks that this will take place. Right. When it describes two powers, one coming from the land and one coming from the sea, and this is a religious and political powers which will come into alliance. And when this happens, when this alliance between church and state takes place, especially within a context of, of, uh, of great crises that will be taking place on planet Earth, mm-hmm. The alliance between church and state uh, will be taking place. Mm. When that happens, we are to expect that uh, really the, that we are encroaching on on a serious time of the end, and and the chapter finishes really with uh, with 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 the, with the coming of an introduction of uh, the kingdom of God. And that will be the topic for next next week, uh, basically with chapter twelve, which is the last chapter of the book. Excellent. So that's that's basically in a nutshell chapter eleven, my friend. Excellent. So what I'm hearing is that there is things that came to happen and took place, and things yet to come. But one of the things that is striking me the most then is that we are really in that last bit of this world's history we are and um and that's something for us to all reflect on and to think about where does that leave me what does that mean for me and that god that revealed this to daniel where i am with this god that revealed the past and the present and the future and and that's something for us to think of and, and like i said reflect absolutely absolutely if you were to say something to whoever listens today about what would be the best way to proceed as we are going to listen next next week about Daniel 12 and the, the, the establishment of God's kingdom, which we saw in Daniel 2, the, the rock coming and becoming a big mountain after shattering all the kingdoms of earth. Um, if you were to say, hey, you know, my my desire for anybody who listens, who is seeing that actually what God left gets to happen, it's actually fulfilled, what would that be? What would you desire for people who listen to this? This this is really important for us to understand. Uh, 
if we look at what is happening now, and big things are happening, uh-huh. uh, as the world is shutting down, or has shut down, if you will, in, in, in a significant way. Yeah. Uh, this only happened, uh, th- this kind of pandemic only happened in 1918, but the world has not shut down in its totality like now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People can still say the pandemic is not uh, a new thing. It happened in the past, and maybe for this pandemic, uh, we'll not even have that many deaths, like uh, like a black death in the past, or like even like a Spanish flu. So, sure. in trying to compare the two, you, you it may not turn out to be that bad. We don't know that yet, but uh, projections are that maybe may not be that bad. Okay, because the, the world is reacting properly to it. Sure, but at the same time. Uh, uh, the, the economic impact that it's going, it is going to have, mm-hmm. uh, it is going to be really, really significant. For sure. Uh, the fact that we know that uh, that according to the Bible, we do live in the time of the end. That means that we cannot compare uh, the tragedies, which are more frequent, which are more, uh, uh, which are quite intensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and global and affect everyone and not just locally to what happened in the past. Mm. And uh, so for a student of a Bible who knows that really from 1800s, we literally, according to the Bible, live at the time of the end. The times like this, when crises like this hit and they are global and they inflict a lot of pain, not just physical pain and in terms of death, but also economically, it does raise our eyebrows, you know, mm. and, uh, and, 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 and we, are, we are just basically saying, could it be possible that that's where we are on the very threshold of, of, uh, of the kingdom of God, you know, mm. through the second coming of Jesus. So that's basically my message. Thank you so much. Well, I do hope so that we are at that brink at that uh, really little just time for for Michael to stand up and come and pick us up. That's right. Mm. Thank you so much, Sani. And I hope that everybody who listens have the same desire, the same hope, the same understanding. And also that we continue to reflect on as Zeni proposed that things are happening now. We, we, we cannot see them in the same light. Something is happening around and we ought, to, we ought to watch but importantly we ought to pray and we got to get connected with that that same God that gave these revelations to Daniel Zen and I have chosen to do that how about you? Amen. remember to subscribe to this podcast Like it, share it, hashtag it, comment, and find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Tumblr as Adventist Reflections. God bless you.